0: Hey, it's Melody from Melody of Soul. Welcome back. So the other day I was having a conversation with someone. And this is something that comes up a lot with my coaching clients, but also with friends and people. Just because I feel like this is a natural human component something we all go through and we go through it differently at different times of our lives insecurity I know I deal with it I have to write myself lists I have to write it down so that I recognize it and I know that you've heard this from me but I find that that is the best way for us to recognize our patterns to write them down and reevaluate them. So the not good enough syndrome, people experience it in different ways at different times. And I find that it all comes from the same seed, the same core, usually comes from, in this lifetime, our childhood. Somewhere when we were developing from parent approval to peer approval, I find that this is generally where it happens. Sometimes your parents will make you feel not good enough. You didn't get good enough grades. You didn't clean your room well enough. You aren't smart enough. You aren't as smart as a sibling. Maybe there's something quirky about you that they like to point out. And these definitely stick with us. And then they get intensified when we go to the peer approval stage. Because our parents love us. Innately love us. Hopefully. (laughs) And generally, parents approach us the best that they can do with whatever they have. They're raising little human beings, and no one knows what to do all the time. But when we get to the peer approval, that is where the competitive piece of humanity comes in. This programmed version, separation version. Where even with our parents, they're dealing with their own separation issues and their own childhood traumas, even into adulthood. Some people can deal with them their entire life. And they're getting transposed on us as children. Well, in the peer evaluation, developmental piece of our lives, it gets way more extreme This is when kids can be really mean. They just start picking on each other. They start bullying. All the separation gets more and more intense. And as we get older, we realize that those things were not really targeted towards us. But it's still a hard thing to shake. No matter how far you get in your consciousness journey, no matter how many times you write it down and notice your pattern, no matter how many times I or we as life coaches and health coaches and strategy coaches see the same patterns over and over again and recognize them in ourselves and recognize them in other people and help coach people through them it is still very hard to get on the other side of the glass from this not enough syndrome Okay, so with that being said, what do you do about it? Because I have to tell you, it ruins our lives. It makes us miserable, it makes us doubt ourselves, it makes us question everything that we do. It can build triggers inside of us. All it takes is for someone to say something that triggers an old memory. And there we are again. I remember at one point in time, I was at this amazing yoga retreat in Mexico. It was a yoga healer. So it was all these coaches. We were all learning together. And we were doing training with Ayurveda and Kate Stillman. And we were sitting around this gorgeous pool in Mexico. Hanging out in the sun. Talking about coaching. Talking about life. Talking about all the magic that we We're embarking on in this journey. And one of the ladies, I know that this did not mean to come across this way, but it was just a little saying that she said, she said, where are your lips? And it immediately transported me back to high school, maybe even before high school my mom used to say to me and it's something that even my grandmother used to say to me but in a slightly more condescending way and basically it meant where are your where's your lipstick and on a deeper level this was women reinforcing with other women up-and-coming women that you're not pretty without makeup. And that is another big, not enough syndrome in and of itself. And I remember resenting it so much when my grandmother would say it, but then when my mom would say it, just because of the relationship that she and I had, it almost made me feel like she doesn't think I'm pretty. And if she doesn't think I'm pretty, no one is gonna think I'm pretty. Because if my mom doesn't think I'm pretty, I'm not. And the moment this woman said this to me, and it was, it's just because I wear very extreme, loud makeup constantly. But when you're at a pool, you just don't have that on. And I understand that. And I understand it was interesting to see me show up with just my face. And not all the crazy. Not all the glitter and the bright colors. And I love all that. I love to make my face like a painting. And I actually had to sit with it for a minute. Because she looked at me and she said, what? She said, your whole face just changed. Your whole demeanor just changed. And as coaches, we all were able to sit around and have that conversation. Which was amazing. Especially as all-female coaches. Coaching a lot of times, other women, but men and women the same. And she said, oh, I did not, I did not mean it like that. And I was like, I know, I know, I know. It, it just triggered it. And she was like, okay, well, let's sit with that feeling. Let's really put love into it and recognize why it's not true. And we did, and we all, we kind of sat around and did this whole little communal Uh, love circle and that's where this practice comes from because there is a practice that I have recommended to many many clients over the years and I recommended it to this friend because he was going through one of these moments where he felt less than worthy to be in existence and he chalked it up to I can't connect with people And after giving him this practice, I started thinking about it. and was like, you know, I need this practice too. I need to get back into this love practice. I like to call it the love practice. And I have to say, just like gratitude, like the gratitude practice, the thank you practice, is an antidote to pretty much anything that you feel is disastrous. This is really the antidote to I'm not enoughness. The I'm not enough syndrome. This is the healing tonic. And the most interesting thing, just like the Haponopono prayer that you say to yourself, but it actually changes the frequency that you're operating on. It puts you in a state of Letting go and love and forgiveness. And when you do this, it not only attracts that frequency and elevates that frequency all around you, but it gives you the ability to create from that frequency. You're creating from the frequency of love. And that can shift not only your existence, but it begins to shift all existence. as a big, giant ripple. You are a big ripple in the water of existence. So, let's do the practice. Here you go. You can do this as many times as you want a day. I recommend setting an alarm. I personally like it at my alarms always go off at uh, 111, 222, 2, 3, 3, 3, 4, 4, 4, 5 5 1111 is one of my favorites. Um, and when they go off, you can do whatever you want with that minute for five minutes or 10 minutes or however long you have. But I at least like to try to make it from 1111 11 to 1112. 11, and if this is your practice for the moment, All you do is sit and think of a person that you want to send love to. And sometimes for me, it's one person in particular. One thing has come up. I am sending love to... ah. And sometimes it's a lot of people. Sometimes people just keep coming to mind and I'll get done with it and look at the clock and it's been... 15 minutes that I've been sending love to people, but I have to tell you, when you get done, you just feel so overwhelmingly positive, positive. and I will say that I have tried to do this a little faster, and say, I'm sending love to this person, and this person, and this person, and this, person and this person, and I have to say that you lose focus, you lose the love power, than when you just say, I'm sending love to, and then their name. And then I'm sending love to, and then their name. I'm sending love to, and then their name. Because the repetition of it creates this rhythm that your vibration and your frequency just links into. Rather than saying, I'm sending love to, and you're making this list. I've definitely found that making those short lists, it takes away from your intention. And it just takes a little bit extra, that little extra, just like with everything. What makes something extraordinary? The little extra. And the little extra makes all the difference. So keep it a whirl. Even if you do it one time a day, first thing in the morning before you go to bed at night, at eleven eleven, five five five. If you you don't know, need to do it after work, whatever your time is, or if you have a special time. Some people have a, a special time of day that touches them in, in whatever whatever piece. is kind of a. Uh, Developed in their physical existence. Just choose whatever it is and choose your frequency. And as it strengthens you more and more and more, you might find that you just want to do it more and more and more. And it becomes such a practice. And you know the thing about practices. You know, science is even catching up to Ayurveda in the neuroplasticity and the quantum mechanics and. How things work. Well, guess what? We've always known how things work. We actually all know how things work. But now we're actually quantifying how things work. So the more you do something, the easier it is to do it. That's why we call it a practice. And then we call it a pathway. And you call it a way of life. Ritual, rhythm, it's just that thing I do. So give that one a whirl. You know I like to set everything for 30 days, so 30-day challenge. Send one person a day love, and it can include yourself. I send Melody love today. Just say that to yourself With your name and and see how it reverberates. See how it feels. Okay. Here's your practical spiritual practice of the day. I hope this helps you in some way. And thank you for listening.